boring legal disclaimer that we have to read at the start of every one. All views expressed are our own and do not represent the opinions of any employers, organisations or clients for whom we work. Any recommendations or advice given in this podcast may or may not be right for you, depending on your circumstances. Please bear this in mind before taking any action. Charting Tracks is brought to you by Amir Yacoub, Chris O'Gorman and Ben Hennessy Garside. Amir is a record producer, Grammy Award winning engineer, a co-owner of Bison Productions Recording Studios in East London and the director of Garnish Music Production School in London. Chris is a digital marketing strategist and digital manager. He's previously worked for Sony Music and was the head of digital at Capital Records UK. He currently runs a digital marketing agency and develops music artists, working on brand development and marketing strategy. Ben is me, I is Ben. I'm a singing coach, multi-instrumentalist, composer, and producer. In the past, I've worked in music instrument retail as a record label scout, a live sound engineer, and I'm currently a lecturer at Leeds Conservatoire, teaching voice to popular music students alongside being a dad and a husband. This is the 12th episode of Charting Tracks, and is the third of three in which we discuss the art of performance. Um, now, I also want to talk about psychology and... Uh, the 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 warm up is is kind of quite a nice hmm. place to be to be, to be to be doing some of that stuff, but um, we've touched on it a little bit with with kind of getting into the song hmm. so that you can perform it. Um, but there's another piece here too, which is which is perhaps around um, performance anxiety or. Um, or the opposite of that, right? Which is, is confidence on stage, mm. and getting into that place where you can be that um, you can be in control in the way that Amir was describing earlier. Mm. Um, any expertise here in, in terms of anxiety management? Have you have you had an experience, maybe Amir, where I have, I have, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Mm. And because I know that's well, that's a job of a producer, isn't it? Is, yeah. is to kind of help manage the psychology of a of a, yeah. a recording session. So yeah. So I mean, luckily, um, I have um, good experience with vocalists, and um, and knowing that the mind it, it, again will come back to the thing about uh, being an athlete and stuff. If the mind is in a different place to where where you're supposed to be essentially you're not going to get the performance right mm. um and um this is why sports performance psychology is so amazing and links very closely with um, music psychology and performance or music performance mm. psychology should i say i've had a few occasions um and um i'm, I'm not going to name any names i was working with a vocalist and um we were going over stuff and she she was in the booth and uh and it just so happened that i i felt i didn't even i didn't even have to not because because i'm not looking at the mm. vocalist i didn't even have to ask a question or anything like that i felt the energy take after take it started to take a dip mm. and i was like okay what's going on here and at some point um when she was supposed to come in for the line she didn't come in so i stopped i turned around and she was crying yeah um and it just so happened that um she was feeling a level of anxiety because she thought we were 
she she thought we were on a tight schedule. Um, she wasn't getting the line the way that um, I wanted, and I was working with one other one other vocal producer as well. Um, we were vocal producing together, and and she got in her head, and she got anxious about timings and schedules and can we get back in the studio? Yeah. And she's gone through this whole story in her own mind. Um, and obviously to me particularly, and, and to my co-vocal producer, it, it was no big deal. Yeah. It was really no big deal. We knew that she's a phenomenal vocalist we, and, and it's no big deal. We knew we'd get it and we, we thought we'd get it in that day and on that time. Um, plus, um, she'd she'd been going through other things in her life um you know mm. other other personal things um and i felt like it all just came out in that moment um it's like watching something or listening to something happen in front of you and um the anxiety of all of that of course um but just generally um issues to do with um mental health that had been affecting her at this time mm-hmm had started to come out and, and I just said, listen, um, don't worry. I gave her a hug. I said, don't worry. It's cool. Um, no pressure. Go home, come back mm. tomorrow and let's just start again. Fresh day, fresh energy. Let's just do that. So, um, that's obviously one example. And, and there's a few, some of them are, um, you know, maybe even a little bit more severe mm. than that. And maybe some are less, but one thing that we have to understand is particularly the voice as an instrument, particularly the voice, is such a personal instrument um, that anything that happens within you, my experience is that anything that's happening, anything that's going on in your life, it, if you're unable to separate it, and 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 that's perfectly fine if you are, it, it's going to affect your performance uh, because of because you might not be able to produce the sounds that you want to produce um and actually um if i'm honest the sounds that were that we were asking to be produced weren't that demanding they weren't high notes they weren't anything outside of the range um it was just one of those situations where there was just too much going on in the mind to get that performance anywhere close to where it could be um and and eventually, obviously, the next day, what happened was we got the performance mm. in like two takes yeah. <laughs> because, you know, uh, there was also a level of comfort as well. Um, yeah. Th- th- you know, I guess as a producer, you have to often push an artist, but you have to make them feel secure. Um, and it's that kind of like the love of a, of a, of a father almost. Um, and obviously, um, I've experienced a situations where actually being even slightly forceful, slightly aggressive has caused someone to snap mm-hmm. and, and just, and I mean, completely break down into tears mm-hmm. um, because it reminds them of a bad experience they might have had with a family member like their father. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a lot of psychology and I think we've spoken before Um not necessarily on the podcast about how your body holds a lot of trauma as well. Yeah. Um, and, and the traumas of life. Um, 
and it holds a lot of that. And because your voice is part of your body and your mind is connected to your voice and all of that stuff, I've seen it happen on more than one occasion um, and to, to varying degrees. Some people are just like, I need to step out for 10 minutes and, and do whatever. And other people are just like completely broken down in front of you. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's, yeah. there's very, it's very, very attached. Yeah. And I mean, like, so yeah, for, for vocalists, it's, uh, there's, there's a lot of connection, but then for other musicians as well. Right. Because, you know, if you get, if you're getting the shakes, if you're, if you're holding tension in kind of weird places, that means that you, your, 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 your fingers can't do the things that, that you want them to do. Um, and all of this can be caused by, um, psychology. Um, and it's just really, really important that we acknowledge, um, that it it exists and it will impact and affect your creative uh creative output in in numerous and different ways mm. um so if you need to get therapy get therapy um if if you know stuff like um meditation um there there are kind of combined practices i mean so so for for singers stuff like yoga is great really good because you're 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 doing a lot of the um body stretching and the work mm. and and there's core work in that as well which will support your 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 body for singing um and there's this kind of uh spiritual meditative mm. piece in in the in the yoga tradition it depends on the type of yoga of course but mm. um in in the in the yoga tradition which is um which is usually beneficial hmm. um so i mean some examples in the voice when, when you're one of the ways in which you prevent yourself from crying for example is often it's it's in locking down the tongue root and and, and like clenching the uh, larynx in a certain position and so if you've got somebody that's been holding back tears a lot um that's just a physical right. example. The way that they hold back tears, like physiologically, is by not allowing the uh, the, the vocal mechanism to, to move freely. Wow. And so, um, if if there's that, that's an example of a psychological issue turning up in the body and an affecting yeah your, physical your, manifestation. Your, in, yeah. A physical manifestation. Yeah, and of course, as already mentioned, shakes, tensions. Yeah you know, for, for instruments other than voice as well. Mm. Um, but it's just that some people, um, unfortunately, still haven't uh, grasped this thing that mental health exists, mm. psychology yeah, exists. Mm. Um, what's going on in your mind can find its way its way mm. into your body. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a recognition that your um, psychology matters. Yes. Um, th- not not just in terms of the kind of creative output that you that, that you've that you've got going on whether that's in the writing of songs or whether that's in the um yeah the meaning behind the lyrics you're writing or the emotional swells in the material mm. like not just the emotional and creative decisions that you make but also like the nuts and bolts physical kind of i need to get my body by moving this piece of my body whether it's in your voice or in your arms or in your hands to i need to move my body in such a way that it it makes the sound that I want it to make, your body is going to be impacted by your psychology. Yeah, of yeah. course. This thing about us being, we are mind bodies. We're not just a mind and we're mm-hmm. not just a body. Like there's, there's a, there are links between the two and this, and I think it's just really important that people um, acknowledge that 
our psychology matters. And so we ought to be keeping an eye um, on that piece of the picture. Yeah, definitely. Um, and and recognizing that for ourselves and those around us, whether they're bandmates, whether they're um, anyone that we're working with in the music industry, is that their psychology is going to affect stuff. Mm. Yeah. And so just acknowledging that we are psychological yeah. beings. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and you know, uh, one thing that makes things worse is obviously being in pressurized situations. So whether that's a performance of the studio degree or the live degree, um, I think, um, I think obviously kind of finding ways to cope with that if you want to be a, um, a if you want to be a professional musician is, is what you're going to have to do. Um, mm. and finding techniques to deal with that, like, um, Many people that I know who actually work in live music, whether they're instrumentalists or vocalists, as it were, um, they kind of, they, they'll feel nervous all the time. Mm. Um, and it's like, you wouldn't actually think it when they're on stage, but they do feel nervous and they do feel perhaps shy and stuff like that you know there's obviously there's there's loads of techniques given by lots of different people that can help you to cope with that but and and this is like i guess this is the ironic thing given everything that we've spoken about there will be people who seem like they're so incredibly confident on that stage who are actually absolutely pooping themselves you know <laughs> um yeah. they've learned to cope with uh, things they might feel um and that happens obviously in the studio as well um i know that these situations these pressurized situations can definitely get on top of people and add to what is already there um but definitely one th one of the things that ben mentioned was was yoga is is uh and meditation as, as part of your a yoga practice is a, a good thing to add on or just meditation by itself um mm. but there are many things that you can do and and therapy uh, <laughs> obviously yeah yep um yep there's in my personal experience you know therapy has been very helpful mm. in in uncovering things that may affect you and your job um which you are if you if you are a singer that's your job right um and learning how to deal with that kind of stuff giving you mechanisms to cope maybe you could go on stage a hundred times in your lifetime and even on that hundredth time you feel e equally as nervous as as or full of anxiety as you were in the first um but at least you got up on that stage 100 times and you did it because you found ways to cope with it and deal with it yeah and there's something about nerves and anxiety which can be reframed as excitement yep mm. uh, that a, a lot of the like it feels bodily quite similar anxiety and, and excitement yeah um, i've heard that i've so, heard that mm. you know like I'm, I'm not a performance psychologist and i'm i'm not um a therapist or a you know so you know with with, with that caveat mm -hmm. um sometimes that reframing can work so mm. maybe you, you you feel fear and you think what you're feeling is fear mm. but see if 
see if you can check in with that and just ask, well, is this definitely fear? Or is this actually excitement? Yes. You yeah. know, like if you're, if you're a bit twitchy before you're due to go and perform, well, that might be because you're really looking forward to the thing and it's like, this is going to be great, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so um, that can help. And yeah, and when people devise strategies for like taking that energy, the energy that you get from a heightened emotional state, whether it's anxiety or whatever else it might be, mm. and, and re redirecting it somehow. Mm. Um, and yeah, I mean, one way is, is practice. And also... Um, yeah, reflection. Mm. Yeah. And also what I found works for a lot of people, uh, myself included, is routine. Mm. So warm up, think of practice, you know. Absolutely, yeah. They're, yep. they're both structured. They're routines that you can start to build in. Mm-hmm. Um, so because you have a sense of normalcy around this thing that you're going to do, yeah, you it's actually going to help you to cope with that a lot easier as well right yeah and if you're on tour and you're in a different you know in you're in a different i don't know um like changing room or maybe you're not in a changing room tonight maybe you're in a you sat in the back of your car or you're in a, you're in some bog in some little venue somewhere or like what wh- whatever it is wherever you are mm. um there's a certain amount of uh, anxiety and excitement um anxitement mm-hmm. um buzzing around just the fact you're in a new place and so yeah having that um that warm-up routine is a is kind of quite a it's like a centering thing it's just reminding you that you're still you and that you you can you have some control over your environment Mm. and yeah so having and and if you're going to do something like that why not make it into a warm-up or something that's going to benefit you um in the performance as well yeah. Um, so these, yeah, these killing this, this this phrase "killing two birds with one stone" comes to mind. You know, mm. um, if if you can have a little mantra yeah. that centres you, uh. and, and so helps you kind of psychologically and spiritually, but also is a um, physically gets uh, your body right, ready. Yeah, to like a, yeah, yeah, is a, is a warm up process. Then why yeah. not? Uh, one of the things that I've I've heard and um, and. And seen particularly, particularly with mantras, it doesn't have to be like anything like too, you know, woo-woo or anything like that. But it can just be like a statement which kind of, which hacks you into thinking a certain way. So mm. if you say, you know, you can turn around and ta- take anxiety as, as, as one of the things. You can say, this is not anxiety, this is excitement and bang, you're automatically in a mindset because mm. you've you've reprogrammed to a certain extent extent and, and reframed the the way that that it, thing is occurring mm. and now you're using it to your advantage as it were um yeah there's loads uh, uh, loads of techniques and and stuff like that that fall under psychology they fall under um NLP, neuro linguistic programming, mm. all of that kind of stuff, um, and yeah, I, I've kind of I found that um, in any situation when you have to deal with any uh, thing that can be considered, you know, mental health, um, uh, anxiety or depression or anything like that, um, having a sense of routine is a good way to deal with things. Mm. 
prevention is better than cure as well. Yeah. Sure. So it can help you to prevent reoccurring episodes of of whatever it is you're going through. Yeah. I think awareness is all like just being so just trying to be aware of how you're feeling. Yeah. Because it's not a normal like to go through this process, it's not the, the you know, necessarily the the normal thing for a human body to do is to get up on a stage in front of thousands of people. That isn't you know quote unquote normal uh, to be on the cover of magazines to be on tv to be you know doing interviews where your every little word every little word is being dissected and stuff to be um have a huge social media presence where you have fans coming at you every single day and non-fans coming at you every single day those things aren't you know necessarily the the human mind is necessarily designed for um doesn't mean that you can't find ways to cope, but it's actually, you know, I wish it was taken more seriously because the amount of artists that kind of I at the start of their journey and they kind of go through and if they have success and then they kind of, you know, it's really weird adjustments that you have to make. And it's, mm. you know, it's hard to be well adjusted at the end of it because it's so, it is so strange. And so, um, uh, you know, uh, what those things kind of do to your brain and um you know and then the inevitable kind of turning to drugs and alcohol and things like that to kind mm. of prescribe you know to be take the edge off and stuff and actually so i think like being aware of kind of what you're feeling is the kind of a, a lot of it actually just being aware i'm just going okay mm. i'm feeling like this that's yeah. I'm about to go on stage. It's normal that I would feel that way. That's okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. Oh, I feel so weird. Uh, 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 give me that vodka, you know? Right. And yeah, and it's I, no I do surprise. see a lot of artists that kind of turn to, you know, those things who are like, oh, let's just dull that and then heighten yeah. that for that. Mm, yep. And um, I think it is something that actually is taken, is finally being taken more and more seriously. And I've got to tell you, there'd be a lot of bands that were still together, that would still be together now. Um, an artist that would still be walking this earth that aren't mm. if those yep. things that uh, if that had been taken more seriously mm. and, um, and and also normalized and normalized um, yeah one thing you said chris which is which speaks to me and should speak to everyone is that it's it's okay for you to feel a certain way you know yeah and, yep. and like it, it should be just as normal as like ah like i hurt my shoulder when i was playing drums okay i'm gonna to go to the doctor and have it look at it go to the physio like it yep. should be just as normal if you feel like you have debilitating anxiety before mm. a performance or you know that's okay to get that looked at as well and to see you know it should be just as normal as going to the doctors to the dentist or to the you know right the ear nose and throat doctor as well to look at your vocal cords if you've got bit of vocal strain or whatever you know it should be just as normal part and it slowly is and actually that having a psychologist on the artist team is you know maybe not f full time on the ice team but certainly as part of the artist team is actually becoming a bit more yeah um um commonplace yeah i mean that makes perfect sense why like why not why, why would you not think as deeply and hardly uh, yeah. and uh, about who your therapist is going to be as, as you would your your lawyer or your accountant yeah. or your or manager my radio or plug your... or my yeah exactly right. yeah yep 100% absolutely i can't i can't stress that enough import how important it is to keep your mind as as well as well oiled and taken care of yeah. as your instrument yeah mm. and and you know labels are getting better at this actually is like making these um resources available to artists especially when they 
you know, because they know they're going to be put through this machine and it's and everything that goes with that. And it's, um, yeah, so it's a lot of labels, especially for the younger acts that are coming through as well, when it's like you're at a really impressionable stage where your psychological development is, you know, it's such a crucial time. And it's like to be going and, you know, having this, to be put, you know, put through the kind of music promotion machine and then to come out the other side of it. It's, it's, um, you know, it's actually best for, it's good for everyone because it's good for the artist. It's Mm. good for the fans because their artists can make the music they like. And it's good for the label because they can keep making money because that band will stay together longer. Mm. So it's a no brainer, really. It's, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So slow, it is starting to, like, like I said, be taken more seriously and be, as normal part of the of the team as anyone else Def- yep. definitely yeah absolutely so i've got a few more things here mm-hmm. um i wanted to talk about the stage and using using the stage um and the importance in performance of the stage mm-hmm. um and just with that um it's again it's it's this thing about your performance as well as being a musical performance it's also a visual one mm-hmm. um and even to the extent i mean even in the studio and i know i know Amir, you've talked a lot about how it, it doesn't matter mm. um but i remember um when we were talking about recording mm. I, th- I think it was recording last time it could, it could have been one of the earlier ones but you were talking about an artist who liked to have nothing but a candle mm-hmm so pure black, apart from a candle. Um, and so this thing about staging, like that's an, that's an act of staging, right? Like, oh yeah, of course it is. You, yeah. you know, you're, you're altering the lighting and you're, you're placing a, a specific type of object in a specific place, mm. which has a specific valence to it and a specific meaning. Mm. Um, and so even just in shaping the artist's performance, there's something about the stage Um something about the the positioning of things on the stage or in the stage space mm. um that that matter but then also of course for the audience as well in cases where you're performing in in a in a live setting um and you've got you know you've got um your your fans kind of being voyeurs and you're in, into your creative process mm. the 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 staging is an important piece there too right Definitely. Um, so what do we think about that? Um, yeah, just to go back, um, but not overly talk about it because we talked about it quite a lot in the uh, previous episode about the studio particularly, setting the stage for uh, your performance, whatever that might be, uh, I think is it's just a huge part. It kind of goes back into the psychology of things a little bit as well, because psychologically, if you can feel comfortable, if you can feel secure that you have something that you know and something that brings out the best in you um, and and as part of your ritual, as, as part of your routine, that can be a, a great thing. Some of it is purely practical. I need to have water next to me. Yeah. Of course, you need to do that because you need to hydrate yourself, right? I think taking it onto the stages where creativity can really shine. Mm-hmm. Um, there's shows that I've seen that are just visually just stunning. Um, yeah. And that just 
is part of the artistry of any given person. It can be, at times it can be to convey a political message. I think Massive Attack did a political statement on one of their live shows mm. a, a few years back. Um, but again, we can have practical considerations as well. So if I am the artist or the singer and I'm going away and I want my MD, I want to be able to see my musical director at all times because they're the ones who are leading all of the cues for the rest of the band. Um, right. So there can be that kind of stuff as well. Um that we have to think about visually. Um, yes, of course, if you want to produce something with loads of visuals, like, and a huge visual production, it's going to cost you money. Um, but even now, even at a stage, if you're, if you don't have a big money kind of backing or machine behind you, you can of course be really creative. And something as simple as tying a scarf around your mic stand. Um, you know, that can separate yeah. you from other people. Um, yep. Other people aren't doing it. Um, one thing that one of the greatest showmen in the world was known for doing, Freddie Mercury, was taking yeah. his mic stand and taking it off and, and, and having just a half of the stand of the, and the boom arm. Yep. And right. I thought that, that became was brilliant. His sort of uh, yeah. trademark, didn't it? Yeah. No one else can do it now without now going, he's doing a Freddie Mercury. <laughs> Um, yeah, right. Or someone like Mick Jag Jagger just dancing yeah. around like an idiot around stage, you know. Even that, um, either that's that's visual and it's uh, it's obviously commanding and all of those kind of things that I would look for in, in personally from a performance. Um, but also, it's um, it's unique a lot of the time as well. And I think that's what you're going to have to work out when you're staging stuff. How can you be unique? You know, um, many people now have their band name on the kick drum. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to say it's a marketing opportunity as well. Actually, the staging is a massive uh, marketing opportunity. So, yes, you're seeing much more like the branding on, on the kick drum and stuff and on the backdrop and having their social media handles and stuff on the backdrop or on the drum, you know, so that, you know. And then I think like it's also an opportunity to establish your artist identity and your archetype again. I remember uh, like somebody like, I don't know why it's popping to my head when you said scarf around the mic stand just reminded me of Joss Stone and it was like um yeah that's true you know the marketing was Joss Stone was like she's this sort of hippy dippy 60s yeah, yeah. late 60s early 70s flower child peace and love you know yeah and did she perform with no shoes on most of the she time always performed and that was the thing she was like oh i have to perform in bare feet you know yeah i don't know if she really did and <laughs> to be honest i don't think that she thinks that there's some magical power coming through the earth that she had to have bare feet for but it fit the archetype yeah. and it fit the branding. So sure, she's going to be in bare feet and she's going to have a scarf around the mic stand. She's going to have rugs and she's going to have some, some throws and stuff. And she's going to have some incense burning because that's yeah. <laughs> establishing yeah. the brand, establishing the, yeah. um, the archetype. So it's a nice fit. Um, and, you know, and then like, I think there are, I, I, I could say you, you, you know, obviously you have these huge, huge, huge productions. But then um, another one that I think of is is Lady Gaga when you're talking about that. But actually, before back in the day when she was just doing her, you know, little dive dive bar gigs, and one of the things she always talks about is um, how the staging went because she'd be there playing the <laughs> playing the piano, and she's like no one's listening, mm. um, and it's like what can I do to get their attention? 
and um, so the so, so I think they took a break, and she came back uh, after the intermission, whatever, after the little gap, uh, and she just came out in a sweat and her uh, bikini, basically. Wow! <laughs> just like, okay. <laughs> now they're listening okay yeah and then each time she's like what can i do each time to kind of and so it might be like having you know some crazy paper mache thing all over the piano so it's like the hell is that Mm. um or you know the things that used to she was like what how can i create my own pyrotechnics and the big thing she always used to do was um and i'm do not try this at home legal disclaimer um, but lighting hairspray on fire on stage to kind oh, of wow, make yeah. her own pyrotechnics and stuff like that and just <laughs> crazy stuff like that to kind of be like because she was always like I want to be the show person I want to create mm. a visual you know something and it's always just try like doing different stuff like that making um, outfits out of disco balls uh, and yeah, <laughs> you know like coming up with basically having a very little space in these little dive bars mm. and finding a way to, well, how can I turn that into like, you know, the Wembley st- stadium stage? What, how can I make that stand out? And, you've, and you, when you're performing, you've been given this place. Yeah. It's yours. Do what you want with it. All right. You've like, somebody said, you take oh, that piece of real estate, even if it's just for a couple of hours. Yeah. Like, what are you going to do with it? You know, yeah. how are you going to dress it? How are you going to put your mark on it? How are you going to, and you, because the thing is people will look at that and they'll get a sense of what type of artist you are quite quickly before you've even sung or played a note. Definitely. Um, so it is a real, the stage is a real branding opportunity actually. And the fact that you can now have your stage, you, know, you can have a pop-up stage, you can, you know, it really is, um, yeah, it really is a marketing and branding opportunity. And I think it's good for us to think about it that way. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I just, and this is just because of who I am. Right. But I, this stuff about, um, branding and marketing and I know, and and I, I mean, no disrespect to you, Chris, there's a reason why you're doing your job (laughs) and I'm doing mine. Right. But I, I get this kind of like the kind of sensation with that, with that, um, Mm. with that side of things. But, so the reason I'm saying this is because brand or no brand, like marketing or no marketing, it, it's a creative outlet. Hmm. And really marketing and branding is just a, a, a piece of that as well. And yeah. so the, the reason I'm saying this is if, if like me, you get a kind of, you know, anyone listening or watching, get a kind of like kind of response to, plastering your your facebook mm. stuff all over the place and 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 doing that okay okay but at the very least use it creatively to 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 support what you're doing artistically and there are always creative ways to do it and if and if somebody tells me if an artist tries and tells me oh i don't want to do that because it's not creative i'm like you're an artist find a creative way to do it because there are so many like yeah. kate kate nash for instance always used to go and this, she used to do this when she was playing these little pubs in london and i remember it well she had this little neon sign that she'd obviously had made and it had i I don't know if it was just her name or if i'm pretty sure it has like her twitter handle or something like that Mm. and it looked so cool it was just simple this like neon writing sign and she used to bring it up with her everywhere she went and she used to plug it in and put it up and everyone would be like ah and straight away people would be paying attention and it's a simple little thing and it was creative and it was in pink 
cool neon writing and it was the you know great yeah absolutely that's it's the response. creative way of doing it there's yeah. always a creative way of doing it and the more ways you try and do and actually if they do feel that kind of like oh that feels like really that's good mm. find a way to do it then that doesn't make you feel like that i i tell you something uh that kind of sums this up really nicely um when i was in new york i went to bb king's bar and um and I was there just watching, it was a Wednesday night and, you know, there was a, a guy on who was part of a blues band and stuff like that. And he was no one that I knew of. Um, or he was a great musician. Um, so what he did was, it, it's funny when we talk about staging, we talk about things that might be static, but he was moving around quite a bit. Mm. He came out into the audience and uh, he came to me and... Um, in fact, I think he he came to my girlfriend at the time and he gave her his plectrum and <laughs> and he asked her to strum the guitar, which she did, and then he moved the fingers around and, you know, playing notes and whatever. And then he just turned and walked away and went to somebody else, pulled out another uh, plectrum. Yeah. And on the plectrum, it had everything yeah. about him, his name, his Facebook page, all of that kind of stuff. There you go. That's a creative, fun way of doing it. That is so memorable that I remember it to this day. Yeah, I, I don't remember who he is because I didn't go back and check that. <laughs> but, but I remember it being a great way to do something, which is actually, um, Ben said, you know, to a lot of people, it might be a bit of a bore or it might give them the creeps or whatever, but it was brilliant. I loved it. It's a, a creative way to do something that's, you know, it's an interactive way of doing it. It involves it into the, rather than just handing out business cards, like number one, it's Plectrum. Yeah. Fun. Uh, you know, if you're not even a guitarist, like you're like, oh, Plectrum, that's quite cool. It's, it's like memorabilia, isn't it's a it? Little, yeah, a little thing. It's little. And, it's, and I mean, we were there from London as well. So it could be like a little memorabilia from our trip. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. There are always, and as soon as you start thinking about, creative ways you'll find that you come up with loads of ideas of how you can do something creatively and mm -hmm. how you can exactly incorporate it and another simple thing actually is and it's incredible how often this doesn't happen is artists say your name mm. on the stage yeah the amount of times i've seen an act that i really like and i might be passing for especially if it's a festival or a um you know something kind of where there's more than one main stage or and i'm like just passing through I, particularly actually at the great escape in brighton which is you're going in one venue to another you're going to catch a couple of songs and the amount of times i've been like oh i like this i have to go to this next thing because i've got an artist performing on that stage mm. that i have to be there for but i, I and i'm like I, there's nothing to tell me your name and i'm about to leave and i'm not going to know who you are so mm -hmm. i'm going to have to go out my way to go and it's like actually and I've had, I've definitely seen artists do a full set and uh, not mm. even once mentioned their name. Yeah. Other than when they were introduced in the first place. Yeah. And again, because it feels cringe to them and it feels sort of like, but it's like, make it easy for people to find you. Yeah, you know? of course. I was there wanting to find this artist and um, didn't have, wasn't given the most basic thing, which was what their name was. So I can then go and find them afterwards online. There's a creative way to do that. Um, have your band have one of your songs that you turn into a jam um, and then just introduce your band. Uh, that's that person. That's that person. Uh, my name is blah, 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 blah. See you next time. Good night. Yeah. 
there's a fun creative way to work it in it doesn't have to be like i'm so and so follow me on uh, uh. there there will be fun ways creative ways to do it and it's part of the before it should be part of the performance actually yeah definitely if you're especially if you're a new developing act it should be part of your performance definitely because why are you performing if you don't want people to find you true you don't want people to hear you very true well that's 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 another good question and there'll be people out there answering it yeah Um, that's fine for them I'm interested (laughs) though I'm interested maybe maybe there are I'd love to hear those people actually because they might be like I like performing and maybe part of it see the thing is here is there's even an angle here as well because maybe that's the mystery that you're building up and it's like and fine but that's you'll be doing that as a strategy and it'll be a kind of like that's it'll be thought out at least it'll be thought out it'll be like that's there's and there'll be a whole creative uh sort of impetus behind it yes rather than just oops i forgot (laughs) you know (laughs) right yeah that's it um digital performance chris in the lead up to this you talked about um this we're in this new world of zoom and uh live streaming and this is what feels to me because i'm an old git uh, (laughs) like a new a new digital performance space that we can we can occupy do you want to talk a little bit about that because i think that's the thing uh, you know because we were talking about performance and, and you know people think of a live performance in a venue in a space and actually it's increasingly obviously there are opportunities for youtube live or instagram live or um or even paid and i talk about obviously the our post-covid like the huge loss in the, the damage that's been done to the live sector of music with venues not being able to open not being able to have gigs and actually you know the response to that is you know, one of innovation and normally innovation comes at, at, at times when out of necessity. Mm. Um, and actually kind of what you're seeing is like artists kind of trying to replace some of that sort of gig, you know, money that they used to get for ticket sales and stuff actually with digital gigs and with selling tickets, you know, to, to you know, come and join you know, maybe to be in a Zoom, uh, as a private Zoom gig or something where they can have, you know, up to 100 attendees or something and yeah maybe like your ticket is a little bit less expensive or a fair bit less expensive than it would be for a live show but um you know it's it's a way that actually artists are then still providing the you know still doing a gig still doing a full performance and it can be done online whether it's via zoom whether it's via yeah instagram live youtube live twitch is another one where as me said earlier lots of you know being embraced by particularly a lot of DJs actually and uh, um, I guess because it kind of fits with the gaming sort of genre that Twitch is for but that's there's this whole sort of online performance vehicle that's that's available to to artists and you can you can be doing like an, an Instagram live and reach like thousands of people and a gig you know you're doing you might have a few hundred people maybe if it's you know the opportunities are there and like the technology is there and it's the difficulty then obviously is more and more people doing it. How do you, um, how do you stand out? And then, but actually one of, one of the things that sort of I've been talking to people about is, you know, venues, you know, gig venues using their social media presence and offering it up to artists as a online venue, essentially. So it's still through that. So if it's, um, uh, I'm trying to think of like, you know, if it's Barfly in Camden or something like that, you know, it's, we 
give our space to that to that artist to live stream from our channel you know mm. essentially giving them the keys to the <laughs> to the instagram for the day or something to to be live streaming from their channel from home or from wherever they are from their yeah they have a, a private um a performance space that they use you know there are there are these sort of innovative ways of doing that so that those artists can still have a platform. Those venues can still have some kind of platform and still have some kind of um, reason for people to follow them and tune in. And, um, and, and there's all kind of donate donation models and stuff that can be linked to sort of GoFundMe's and said, so it's not just buying tickets, it's contributing to um, these venues to keep them open. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or keep them open online. And you're seeing that kind of virtual gig world, virtual gig economy start to develop, which is which is really exciting. And I, like I said before, I think these that's something that artists should start thinking about, mm. um, and and venues should start thinking about because there's a lot of venues that aren't doing it. There's some really great venues that are that, that have jumped on it straight away and are you know using it as a way to stay current and relevant and hopefully keep their doors open. You know, so it's. Yeah, and there's something about that as well, because, again, you, you're asking that question, well, what is a venue? Mm, yeah. And it is a good question. It's been a physical space historically. Why not be a virtual space? Yeah. Yeah, and, and there's a curation process. There's a, you know, there's a, there's a selection of the artists that get to play. Mm -hmm. There's a certain standard and a t probably like a... Um, a stylistic and a, and a, like we've talked about archetype and we've talked about the, the 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 venues hold as well that artists could easily plug into yeah digitally as well yeah that's great yeah and there'll be a run there'll be exactly there'll be sort of like you know like i, I said barfly and Camden just because it's the one that comes to mind but they will have sure. you know a specific type of audience specific type of band that will play there you know and then there'll be equally there'll be the exact same type of venue for a totally different genre so I think that's something that artists should definitely be looking at now and, mm. and finding ways to explore that and make it, you know, again, because, you know, innovation happens when you when you need to more, more often from necessity <laughs> rather than, you know, yeah. necessity is the mother of invention. For sure. And so now's as good a time as any, if not the be if not one of the best times to be doing it, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yep. for sure. I agree. And you can be so creative with it as well. You can really do stuff that you might not be able like to do live in a in a venue. You might have to do, you know, it costs a lot to have effects and stuff like that and lighting and stuff. And actually with filters and stuff, it's amazing it's amazing what you can do to make your show look look great without having to have this physical infrastructure or this physical backline or physical mm. lighting rig or stuff like that, you know? I think um one of the best examples, uh, a friend of mine, at least you know him, Chris, and, and Ben, you may know him. He's a great DJ um, and uh, obviously COVID kind of crippled him in terms of his live gigs. Mm. Um, so he's made a switch to Twitch. Yeah, switch to Twitch. Um, <laughs> and he uh, got himself together some, because he's always wanted to do stuff with visuals, right? Mm -hmm. But if you're in a bar or even if you're in a club, the visuals are usually of the club night and all of that kind of yeah. stuff. And he's, um, he had his own radio station um, on, sorry. See, he had his own radio show on a radio station and obviously couldn't really do a lot of stuff with it there. Um, but he's now 
kind of carved himself a, a little space in in the virtual world where he is able to have visuals on whilst mm, he yeah playing and he's got a little chat room on the side yeah. and he can it's interactive as well people. directly interactive with fans and with audience i think it's like one of those amazing things can he can he read the room in the way a dj would read like has he got some feedback from people dancing in their own rooms or whatever or no he doesn't have that however there's a lot of emojis <laughs> that make that make their way onto the chat so if someone is, it really loves what's going on. There'll there'll be loads of flame yeah. emojis. There'll be gifts, and, and there are yeah, there are yeah. platforms. Yeah, Twitch isn't one necessarily. Although, um, well, actually, I think there, there. You know, you can have sort of. It depends on the way he set it up specifically, but there are you know there are ways. Whether it's on Twitch, whether it's on Zoom, or whether it's on um, Google Meet or Facebook, um, you know Facebook's their version of, of of essentially the Zoom function, where you can see people and you can have it set up so that it's I can in, I can see what my fans are doing as well. Mm-hmm. So there is that sort of yeah interactive element to it, yeah. um, where it's not you know. Well, you're performing, obviously, and you can look over and you can see kind of what the fans are doing. And yeah, you can you can read the room and, and yeah. yeah, yeah. Also, I would say one one thing to mention is now that tech companies can see that things are going this way. Obviously, they're going to spend a little bit more time to kind of like get the experiences to be better. Tech companies are going to want you yeah. to use their platforms in in order Absolutely. to make those shows better. So, if you are um, a, a band in all of that kind of stuff. Um, you might even be in separate rooms from each other. Um, yeah. You can have latency or delay-free jamming mm. um, th- that will allow you to have a, a delay-free gig from um, each of your rooms. Right. Um, and then obviously bring the crowd interaction into that. And, and and there's platforms I'm sure that are developing that. And if not, give me a call and we'll talk about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing though, because it's, it's a way that artists are then collaborating with each other as well and sort of, you know, doing like a duetting and, you know, doing that kind of stuff with, um, Absolutely. with technology, even when they're in different parts of the world. Um, yep. Uh, you know, and that can be, they're playing live with each other in real time and they're in different parts of the world. And it's, you know, it's, uh, that's kind of really exciting. It's stuff that you wouldn't normally have the time when you're on the road, got quite a hectic tour schedule, wouldn't have the time to be able to do stuff like that. So yeah, absolutely. And um, it's even I'm using uh, stuff, which means that I can, I can work with people remotely. So the technology is there. I can record people remotely um and and play back stuff to people at really good resolution in real time to people remotely so the technology is there and it's only going to get better yeah and the technology can influence performance as well uh, yeah absolutely know, it can influence the whole you know how 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 performing develops um absolutely 100% so it's it's exciting the you know how it can open up different potential avenues for performing in different um different types of performing yeah yeah we're coming very very close to the time that we've set aside today mm-hmm. um I, I wanted to point to just one little piece of of, of something um, which is this thing about gaps 
Mm-hmm. And there are loads of ways within a performance that gaps are going to appear, right? So one thing, as we were talking about digital performance, for me personally, there's this often this kind of annoying bit before the performance begins on a live stream where there's just like a screen. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, and I'm thinking now, I'm thinking about gaps. I'm thinking, well, that's a gap, right? Could artists, and th- this is a thing that will probably get better, how, how could an artist fill that gap? Um, In a traditional performance, it's obviously the gaps in between songs or um, the the piece um, before the band come on stage or before um, or at the end or or there's there's these gaps, these places um, which aren't where the material is being performed, but there's something else going on Mm. there and they often get forgotten by artists. Mm. Um, And so I just, I wanted to just, tap in on that i mean i have some ideas that like in a live live performance i usually dead space does not work mm. if, if you've got instruments that need tuning that's another thing like that thing where the guitarist is tuning up and the rest of the band are just kind of hanging around and then maybe you've got the drummer sort of just hitting their snare drum or you know they're kind of twiddling their thumbs or they're not really, they they haven't thought about what's going on whilst the guitarist needs to be tuning up. That's an example of a gap and it it needing to be filled. I just wanted to throw that in um, because there's a question over what gaps, what do you want to do with your gaps? Look for them. Mm. And, and, you know, I mean, have you got anything you want to add in there before we end or do you want to just take that as a little? I think that's the one thing I'd say is digitally, that gap there is a chance to interact with the audience. So that's what you do right. in that time. Um, it's also a chance to have, you know, that sort of holding screen, obviously, where your branding would be if you've got a particular album or mm. or a playlist. Maybe it's a playlist you put together that's sort of some of your inspirations. Have that playing in, 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 the, in the intro bit. You know, the way that you would front of house at a gig, you'd have you know normally a band kind of has like music that they want their their fans to be hearing outside not their music but like music that they like mm. you know you can be plugging those things into in, in, into the performances yeah and it's just another way of um sort of creatively um it, it's another way of kind of getting your sort of archetype your artist persona um there in a creative way and also keeping the people entertained and not having there just be dead space. Mm. Yep. One thing that I would say, I always love hearing or seeing or mostly hearing at the beginning of a gig in real life is um, other music that's related to that artist. So it might not necessarily be their music, obviously, but it might just be music um, of people they really like in a similar genre, almost like a little... Like a little DJ set as well, you know, uh, sometimes they do have a warm-up DJ or whatever. That can be cool, uh, along with visually um, an, another opportunity for marketing, really, and putting your brand out there. I would say that's that would be a good one yep. for yep. you to do. So think about the gaps. And there's a bunch of ideas being thrown around here about what you can do with your gaps. Um, but, you know, even better, come up with some stuff for yourself that, that, that maps what you do. Um, I, let's, we, we need to bring this to a close now. Um, so th- this has been charting tracks. Um, thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you've 
if you've got any feedback for us we want to hear it and um, please subscribe like star do all the bits to do you know depending on what platform you're on um show us some love this is a thing i've said every single time for some reason i don't know whether it's going to stick or what but uh, show us some love and uh, we'll show you some back mm. bye ciao <laughs> <laughs>